0: welcome everyone my name is jason and this is the film ruminations podcast Uh, today i want to talk with you about the fourth release from the american genre film archive ed wood's the violent years now if you're paying close attention this is actually the archives fourth release their third one is the one that would automatically get me a explicit rating so we're going ahead and i just kind of recorded a little snippet and i buried it on the site Look for it if you want. Anyways, this is The Violent Years. They're shooting back. What'd you expect him to do, throw powder puffs? Get behind sight, get behind sight, get behind Do what they say, Cheryl, they've got guns. Yes, Shirley, we've got guns. <laughs> Oh. So <laughs> what? Get behind me, Satan! Get behind me, Satan! Get behind me, Satan! Man, time real gone mad, and that's just too bad. These fool kids, when will they learn? These aren't kids; these are morons. It is directed by William Morgan and written by Ed Wood. Let me go ahead and read the back here. I shot a cop. So what? So, say the girl gang thriller killers of Ed Wood's delirious The Violent Years. Written by legendary Hollywood outsider Edward D. Wood Jr., uh, that you all know from Plan 9 from Outer Space. This is the story of Paula Parkins, a good girl gone bad who leads her degenerate teenage hellcats down a path of gas station hijackings, pajama party orgies, and cold-blooded murder. From Wood's patently deranged dialogue to a scene where the gang performs a man attack, The Violent Years is an essential expose on crime, gender politics, and sweater stealing. Remember, this is a story of violence. The special features on this release is this is a new 4K scan from the original 35mm camera negative. It has a commentary by filmmaker Frank Henenlotter and Ed Wood biographer Rudolph Gray. It has some gutter noir trailers from the Something Weird vault, a scrapbook, and a second feature, Anatomy of a Psycho. I was not entirely sure what I was expecting when I first popped this into the player. I was basing everything on a short trailer that uh, Agfa put out that you heard earlier. And what I was expecting was uh, some white girls that decided to go over the edge of what we would consider common decency or or at the very least what they considered common decency in 1956 and uh, what i got was exactly that it's a this is another instance where i wonder if it's necessary to say a spoiler alert or to avoid the idea of spoiling anything it's a 65 minute movie uh, about a girl gang it feels lo- almost like an industrial that somebody was hired to show in almost like a church or uh, a junior high to try and educate girls on on young girls on what might happen would they you know fluff off of their normal everyday life leading to a life of crime especially in this instance of the violent years in which they have a fairly affluent life and everything's kind of going their way the every year for their birthday the the paula perkins their her parents trade in her old car and get her a new car this is a woman who has everything, or so her parents make it appear. Her father sounded like he was the editor of a newspaper, so he's working constantly, he feels bad because he forgot first that it was his daughter's birthday, and second, he you know had a newspaper to run. He could not be there for her birthday party, even though she was, I don't know, 17. And the mother uh, was an important member of society, throwing fundraisers and trying to help the uh, less fortunate people Uh, i don't know if that was a cover story of her just trying to get her daughter's car away so that she can trade it in for the new model this this is a girl who appears to have everything and in a 1950s sensibility lost it all both because of her life of crime which did catch up with her also because of what happens to her at the end i think it's a valuable lesson that if you are interested in in watching this um, I would I would recommend not letting me spoil it for you I mean there's not much to it you can 65 minutes it kind of goes up goes by in a flash Uh, a few short scenes this uh, is very reminiscent of like a Herschel Gordon Lewis film they're you know peers at the time so that's the violent years and I'm gonna recommend you get all of these AGFA films and I've I've mentioned that in, in every episode so far and this this is certainly not a different situation it's it's a really good movie I think it's a really good introduction to the blurred lines of the industrial. You know what? I don't know if everybody that is on here listening is familiar with industrial. I've mentioned it a couple of times. An industrial is a film produced for like like a training film for work. That would be an industrial. It's produced by a likely smaller company that's local that hires local talent just to put something together to teach and to explain safety. And whatnot to employees and these are the same kind of people that would produce early political commercials and stuff like that so that's the feeling that this is it's kind of like a cautionary tale um it's i don't think it really would have played that well because it there's you know in the, in the title the violent years there's a fair amount of violence there's zero maybe not zero but there's very very little in the uh sense of blood or gore or anything like that it kind of plays off almost like a stage play in some instances so that is the violent years Uh, written by Ed Wood and directed by William Morgan. Um, This is the uh, fourth release from the American Genre Film Archive. Before we move on, I think it's important to say that this is a girl gang movie. Uh, this little subgenre that you have some like Switchblade Sisters and, and stuff like that. There's a handful of girl gang movies out there. They play off of the idea of the American, uh, the the standard noir gangster film, and just a little twist on that. And The Violent Years kind of plays similar to like a Howard Hawks noir from 20 years earlier and um just you know obviously the twist of them all being women and uh, i there's something there's something indelible about that just because it's it's not something you see and in 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 some instances you you can actually see some feminism in this just because you know you see the girl it's certainly not what you would consider a modern feminist i can't say i was around in this time to know how the feminist movement functions so much at the time but these are girls who want to have that criminal enterprise lifestyle that they would have seen in the 30s and 40s noir films that shock and awe sort of lifestyle where they have whatever power they have they've taken for themselves by themselves even though at least for Paula it's financed in many ways by her parents just in so much that she lives an affluent life and can easily reconfigure her lifestyle into a gangster so that is the violent years it's 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 kind of light fare now to pair this i i was trying to find something that seemed relevant but also more tangible i wanted to keep it in a girl gang pairing a girl gang double feature my very first thought was she devils on wheels by herschel gordon lewis which is in the remarkable feast box set but i decided instead to try and find something that would be unique to the concept of the girl gang film and that was to find a movie that was also directed by a woman you know you have plenty in in every instance of these girl gang movies whether or not they as, as empowering as they may feel i'm thinking of like like the prisoner the scorpion uh, 401 and uh straight cat rock you know you feel the empowerment of the woman uh, in this uh, girl gang or woman gang, I suppose, but these are all produced by men. These are written by men. These are gonna, going to be tainted by the assumptions of a man looking at this subgenre of film, this this alternate version of the criminal syndicate. You know, as a as a man, especially in, as a male filmmaker, you know, you have years and years and years and and hundreds of pictures to look at for inspiration and so there's plenty that we could just look at like a noir gang film but that doesn't really uh fit my idea of what I want to be able to do with you guys here on the podcast so what I ended up choosing was a film by Alison Anders from 1993 I believe called Mi Vida Loca or My Crazy Life From HBO Showcase, Sony Pictures Classics, and the acclaimed director of Gas, Food, Lodging, comes a provocative new film about girls, gangs, and guns. Mi Vida Loca, My Crazy Life. On the streets of East Los Angeles, director Allison Anders works with actors and actual gang members. I play a character called Sad Girl. Mousy. I play myself. La Gata. La Blue Eyes. Myself, Whisper. To give an accurate portrayal of life in Echo Park, Mi Vida Loca focuses on the effects of gang violence and the toll it takes on women. Girls, you don't ever throw down with your homegirl over a guy. Guys come and go, they ain't worth it. I'm surprised to hear you say that, you just did time for your guy. We girls need new skills, because by the time our boys are 21, they're either in prison or disabled. Dead. The story is told through the eyes of Sad Girl and Mousy, two locas whose children share the same father. Mousy was kicked out of her house when she got pregnant, and then it turns out that when she has her baby, um, her best friend sleeps with her boyfriend and ends up having a baby by him also. He lied he lied. Now I have to kill my friend. I'm scared. It's about relationships and it, and it shows that these girls are normal, loving girls, and they're, it's just their environment that makes them tough. It is a crazy life. This is a film. it's an HBO film, and it, and it feels like that this is, and it feels like that, and this is pre. Uh, sopranos or the wires so their production quality is a little is a little bit lighter but let me read the back here the streets are alive in echo park los angeles alive with passion and anger casual moments of love and sudden acts of violence gang members a sad girl and mousy once best friends are now enemies and both have become pregnant by the same man ernesto a local drug dealer but when Ernesto is murdered by a rival gang leader, the balance of power on the street brutally changes, and it's time to take sides. As Echo Park boys deal with Ernesto's murder by searching for revenge, the Echo Park girls arm themselves for another kind of struggle, the struggle to survive. It's, it's very interesting comparing the two pictures. Uh, My Crazy Life, the copy on the back doesn't really uh, do it justice. You start. It's, it's broken up into four chapters. You, you start off learning about Sad Girl and Mousie, who were best friends growing up. They talked about how they kind of rescued each other, and everything was going great. Uh, Mousie meets Ernesto. They fall in love in their teenage years. Uh, eventually, Mousy gets pregnant, and Ernesto, kind of shirking the concept of fatherhood, uh, sleeps around with Sad Girl and impregnates her as well. And with this, you know, brings the clash of the two. And it comes to a head when Mousy and Sad Girl decide to have a fight in, uh, in an alley one evening. And uh, Ernesto says that he will be in both of their corners at one point in time or another. When it comes down to it, is in neither of their corners because he goes out on a drug deal. And this uh, says, the, the back says that he's killed by a rival gang member. And it's not entirely clear if it was a rival gang or just a, a busted sale. But that evening when Sad Girl and Mousy come together to fight, it kind of doesn't happen because of the violence uh, with Ernesto getting, uh, getting perforated. And so they're trying to figure out now how they're going to be mothers without fathers. They don't have that lifestyle where they see... The father that's away and so they're they're trying to figure it out for themselves and for their children and one day they happen across each other in a park and sad girl invites Mousy to go and grab a bite to eat and they're able to come back together when a friend of theirs is released from prison that kind of sets things up for a female version of the existing gang of uh, echo park and uh, so the girls start to organize and they have meetings like the the boys have meetings and try and figure out what they're going to do for Ernesto's children and how they can come together as a community to help them I wanted to choose a movie like this because I think that I as a white guy I I was not really raised in gang culture gang culture was just on television I didn't have any sort of education into it aside from what was skewed for the purpose of drama When I would think of gang culture, the first thing I would think of between these two pictures is the violent years where it's just people making trouble and and, and being violent, having the the level of understanding like I have now where most often these people are not just looking for trouble. They're they're looking for protection and companionship and and a, a better life. And sometimes all they can see is that gang life. And you get that in my crazy life. You get that education, that other side of things, where that's their option. That's really their only option. That, that's what they see the previous generation is uh, has this gang lifestyle, and that's what they have to go into to have any sort of authority. And it's important to remember that this level of power and authority that they have is, is over like a three or four block area. It's not real power in the modern concept in the world so this is what they have this is the the one thing that they have any control over and and that's what they're fighting to protect that little bit of life that they have for themselves and for their families it's a movie that i wish that i saw when i was much younger yeah, uh i mean it, it came out when i got into high school so i wish i would have seen it then to have a much better understanding of uh, of what other people's lives were like so i could have a better appreciation of my own for one thing but also to have a better appreciation for their lives and, and the struggles that that they're having that are so different from mine, and that's why I think that this would be a, a pretty decent double feature. Um, you go in; it would be the the Violent Year first because it's that typical uh, noirish gang film that you're somewhat familiar with. You can see the the affluence throughout and just that that classic feeling and sense of what a gang would be like a gangster would be in the the 40s and 50s and then follow that up directly with my crazy life to see what it really is uh, i mean there's obviously a 30 year 40 year difference uh between the two but one can only assume that this gang lifestyle as seen from people that don't actually have that real authority i'm thinking i'm in my head i I keep thinking about the godfather and you're seeing the, the story of michael corleone in that movie but the other gangsters that surround him you only see when he's calling on them for help you don't actually see their lifestyle so this kind of feels like it's their lifestyle and i think that could be a very important and educational picture that you can give to yourself or you know if you're an older not really old getting there to a younger generation to have them better understand that when people talk about white privilege, I see it in this double feature. You know, these are the the first film are girls that have everything, that don't need anything, that don't fight for anything. And so they decide to fight just because. And in the second film, you see people that have nothing at all and have to fight for everything it makes that that first film it makes those some of those noir films without having any characterization into the people that are in them but it really makes them petty that these are just people that are doing it because they can not necessarily because they have to that's really the magic i think of film when you can take two things with both on the absolute identical genre of a girl gang one produced uh, written and directed by dudes starring you know white women uh the an entire cast of white Uh, and then you go into a latino film written and directed by a woman but still it it gives that alternate identity to the picture because you actually get the feminine ideals integrated into the story which is not something that you get in the violent years well you do to a point but in 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 other gangster films and I think that that plays really well together. And uh, the it's only available on DVD, uh, but it's not. Um, it looks fine, but it's not. It's not really difficult to come by. Released by HBO Video, and I, it's one of a few that I wish that they would upgrade. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really need to be, but just if they were to upgrade it, it would at least flag in more people's minds that this is something that they should take a look at. I I kind of hope that people would get interested in stuff like stuff like these uh pictures it's a it's a it's a good drama film and it's i think it's worth the time and the effort to watch and it i think that one thing that both films have in common my crazy life uh a little more so uh due to it it's more accurate we'll call it um drama they both end sadly um but my crazy life much more so something to keep in mind if you do watch these ready for for a bit of emotions and in and, and a bit of a, a shock ending that's the pairing for this. this is the fourth release from the american genre film archive the violent years written by ed wood and Alison anders mi vida loca my crazy life i would like to thank you very much for listening and for sticking with me and i hope that you are learning about some new pictures that you hadn't been familiar with through this process with me i'm gonna keep going Uh, The next one I mentioned on an episode of Criterion now, it is the sword and the claw. Again, thank you very much.